podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to the Bear Den Podcast. My name is Matt Workman. You can follow the podcast at the Bear Den Pod. You can follow me at Matt D. Workman. And if you are so inclined, you can give us a follow wherever you can find your podcast of your choice, whether it be on Apple Podcast or Spotify or Google Podcasts, wherever you choose, you should be able to find the podcast. We will not have Joe today because he is a little bit ill and he wasn't able to make it so we wished him a quick recovery from his illness however we were able to get a guest to come on to fill in for him we have Kendall Cout from the from our daily bears he's going to be on we're going to go over and uh, recap the Kansas game preview week four in the big 12 and especially the Baylor Iowa State game and then um Joe was kind enough to send me his pick so we'll have Joe's picks for the portion of the podcast, but we will shortly be joined by Kendall Cout from Our Daily Bears. We're welcome now by Kendall Cout from Our Daily Bears. Kendall, thanks for hopping on. Always a pleasure to join you, Matthew. So we've had a, about three weeks of uh, Big 12 football and from like a overall at, um, overall view, what, how do you think the Big 12 is shaping up so far in the season? Uh, my take would be that the league at the top doesn't seem as imposing right now. Oklahoma's close scare with Nebraska, barely beating Tulane. Iowa State losing to Iowa, barely surviving Northern Iowa. Texas getting handled by Arkansas. But at the same time, the overall non-conference record's pretty strong. So I think team one to nine, you feel like just about anybody can beat anybody. And we saw what happens when anybody, team one to nine, plays team 10 on Saturday. So that's kind of my impression. Do you have a different take than that? No, I mean, I, I would agree. Going into the season, it looked like there was like a, a clear one and two and then like a, a kind of like a, a big middle of middle five or six teams in the Big 12. And like you said, I think it's like pretty much one to nine. Um, I think K-State, like I had K-State towards the bottom. They look really good. Um, uh, but definitely OU looks looks like they could get got any week. Um, Iowa State doesn't look like they're particularly unbeatable either. Um, Texas have been up and down. So, yeah, I, I would agree. I think, like, ex- ex- excluding Kansas, pretty much everyone, Texas Tech has looked strong at points. So, yeah, I would agree that, like, one through nine, it's it's anybody's, uh, anybody's game any of those weeks for sure. Um, did I know you're, you're in around the Kansas, <clears throat> excuse me, around the Kansas area. Do you, did you get a chance to go to the game on, um, on Saturday? Yep. Yeah. I was at the game. I uh, was up in the press box and got a chance to uh, do the press conference after with uh, Gary Bohannon and Dave Aranda. All right. What was your take from that game? Just um, being there in person. Uh, I thought the team looked really good. The score being close in the first half, I thought was pretty representative of the fumble being pretty inopportune. And then one drive where I thought the defense was just a little bit gassed. So I was really impressed that the second half was a far better reflection of how good Baylor was. A five-point, uh, five-yard difference in average yards per play was pretty indicative of how I think dominant Baylor was in that contest. And the mannerisms that Gary Bohannon and Dave Aranda had after, I think, spoke to a confidence and an aura the team did not have last season. So 
I was overwhelmingly positive coming out of that game. Yeah, I would, I would agree. I think if not for the like miscues in the first half of the game, I mean, that easily could game could have really gotten away from, from Kansas even more than it did with a 45 to seven win. Um, everyone looked really strong running game again, looked strong. Um, do you take anything? What would, what would you say to some people who say like Baylor hasn't played anybody? Yeah. They're blowing people out, but they played, uh, a group of five team, an FCS team in Kansas. Uh, what do you take away from those particular games going into this week? Absolutely a fair statement that Baylor hasn't played anybody, but I think two things stick out with that. The first is that you have to destroy teams that aren't very good. You can say the Texas State score wasn't an absolute domination, but Baylor, again, had some turnovers that I think are inopportune that they won't have going forward. And the second thing that's just very different this year, and I harped on this some, Travis Roder over at our side harped on this a lot, is the difference with Gary Bohannon's arm strength compared to Charlie Brewer is so apparent watching those games. And that makes it totally different. And so even though these opponents aren't very good, and even though Brewer played a lot better opponents last season with the conference only slate, how well Bohannon can make those throws, I think will show that the Baylor offense is at least one, maybe two tiers better than it could hope to have been last year. Absolutely. Yeah. I listened to um, Travis on the, uh, podcast for our daily bears podcast or our daily podcast and he was talking about how like gary makes a throw like a um opposite field like out that's like a 45 yard throw i mean it ends up being like a 10 yard completion but from where he's at all the way across the field and you just didn't see that type of um execution last year yep agree with that completely it's uh reminiscent of the Bryles days. And again, anytime there are some people that like, if you mentioned Bryles, you have to talk about the scandal. No, we don't. We can just talk about the football uh, yeah. that occurred in that era and how Bryce Petty and Seth Russell and Jared Stidham, though, I don't really want to talk about Stidham, but at least Bryce Petty and Seth Russell shout to those guys, how Baylor could line up outside the numbers and make those throws. That's how you stretch the field so well, especially that uh, first RG three season uh, before the ACL injury. So his second season, they ran all those bubble screens, just a new element to the offense. That's why I think, the expectations that most people had coming to the season are at least a level higher than they were before um, we saw the uh, really emergence of Gary Bohannon recently. Absolutely. So you game to uh, like go through the big 12 and just uh, see what this week's looks like. And what do you think about it? Oh, absolutely. Let's do it. And if All people right. want to fade my picks, they got a good <laughs> opportunity now. Uh, so we'll just go in chronological order. So at 11 AM, we have SMU at TCU. This is the, uh, Iron skillet game. TCU's favored by 10 and a half. How do you think this game will go? Uh, Vegas is good. That's a good line. I advise no one to bet, but I especially advise no one to bet this game. I'm taking TCU um, minus 10 and a half. Uh, Something about SMU not being quite as dominant earlier in the season makes me lean TCU in this one. Um, But Matthew, you might have a better feel for this one. So where are you leaning on that contest? Uh, I I kind of along the same lines as you. I have, uh, I picked TCU to to cover and win the game. Um, SMU, yeah, they score a lot of points. I think their defense is a little suspect. I think it's going to be TCU's offense going to really put them over the top. And um, normally I have Joe Goodman. He's on here with me. He did send in his picks, and he also has TCU to cover the points. But, yeah, I just think this year TCU's just going to be a little bit too much on the offensive side for, for SMU to handle. Makes a lot of sense. Um, also at 11 a.m., you have uh, – I think which is going to be a, a sneaky good game, which is Texas Tech – at Texas, uh, Texas is favored by eight and a half. The line started relatively high. I think it opened up like somewhere around 13 and it got bet down to about eight and a half. Um, 
Texas has been a weird year because they looked really good against a, a good Louisiana team. They did not look good against Arkansas. And then, of course, you know, Rice, they put up a lot of points against Rice. Um, so which are you buying into Texas as um, the Louisiana, Texas, or what do you think their outlook is? I think they're probably in between. I am selling Texas Tech. I think Matt Wells is still going to get fired at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. They've had some really good moments to begin the year. And you got a different coach compared to a lot of the recent games with Matt Wells. I think only in year three, uh, first year of Steve Sarkeesian. But it just seems like Texas Tech never can get it done against Texas in the post-Michael Crabtree era. So I'm yeah. taking Texas to cover in this one. Yeah, and I would um, – <clears throat> I'm right there. I think Texas is going to cover. Uh, ESPN FBI has Texas as a 77.9 favorite to win this game. And so, yeah, I'm right there. I think they're going to cover. And then Joe has Texas Tech outright to beat the Longhorns. So he's going A, a good man way. being being braver than both of us. <laughs> and then um, – for your local team you there, you have Kansas is traveling to Duke, and then Duke is a 15-and-a-half-point favorite. Um, Duke is has a loss on the year. They lost, I think, to Charlotte, which is a FBS team, I believe. And then they went ahead – last week they, they beat the brakes off of Northwestern, so – do you think Kansas is going to be able to break through and, and get a, a non-conference win? Uh, Kansas is probably the riskiest team to bet in football because they could turn it on every week. But until they do, I just always say take the opponent and the points against Kansas. So uh, I'll take the Blue Devils to cover in that one. I'm kind of, I agree with you. I think until Kansas can, can do it, you have to kind of bet against them because they really haven't proven that they've been capable of doing that. Um, and Joe feels the same way. We all have Duke covering that point spread. Uh, another good game, which is on this, is 6 p.m. on ESPN Plus, which is a crazy good game to be on ESPN Plus. It's Kansas State at Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State's been kind of uh, uh, suspect so far this year, but they are 3 0. Kansas State is also 3 0. Um, do you think that? Kansas State is for real, and they'll be able to take care of Oklahoma State, or do you think their offense will come on this week for the uh, Cowboys? So I, I think those are both uh, good points you have there. I think I'm still questioning how good Will Howard is, despite the really nice performance against Nevada. But Spencer Sanders has never wowed me at Oklahoma State. That offense isn't great. I think K-State wins a very close ball game. Um, but this is another game where I'm like, man, this is the problem with every team kind of one to nine being punched up. You're like, yeah. I don't know. The lines all seem pretty good. I don't know. Vegas seems to have – a really good line on all these games, but I'm taking K-State outright. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I think I, I think that Oklahoma State is not a good team. Um, I've watched all their games, and they just – there's something's missing. I don't know what it is. And then they lost one of their best defensive players in Trace Ford at the beginning of the year. Um, there, by the grace of God, they beat Boise State last week. So I think that uh, Kansas State's going to take care of business and uh, cover that six-point spread. Um, another team that's kind of been offensively struggling, I, I say struggling, they are 3-0. and OU welcomes in West Virginia. Uh, OU is a 16-and-a-half-point favorite. Um, I think OU is going to click on and going to cover that 16-and-a-half points against West Virginia. West Virginia is another team that I think isn't as good as their record indicates even though they do have a loss against um, Maryland. And then they they did end up 
holding on and beating Virginia Tech. So they have two. They have a good win. I just don't think they're really that good of a team. It's a reasonable take. Uh, I'm gonna we're gonna have some disagreement uh, right, finally. Later. So that's excellent for us. I am leaning, and I'm gonna take West Virginia to cover in this game, but not win. Spencer Rattler. I don't know. Maybe he gets it going eventually, but been quite a long time for it not to really happen for Spencer Rattler. You can make the pretty good argument that Virginia Tech's not that good, so that win isn't quite as great as it looks. I mean, West Virginia was the favorite against, what, like number 15-ranked Virginia Tech last week and won pretty handily. But I just don't think Oklahoma's that good to, say, 16.5 points. And the possibility of the backdoor cover gives me life there. If I'm, you know, one of the people who wants to wager money in that game, I'm not. But if I were, give me West Virginia the points and some hope. Yes. Um I, you know, I like the good disagreement because I don't want to just go down chalk the whole way. So it is good to have disagreements. Going back, I want to say that Joe did have KSU outright as well. And he also took West Virginia uh, the, with the points. Um, he thought OU would cover, but uh, I mean, OU would win, but West Virginia would cover the 16 and a half. What we started doing this week is we've been welcoming in our new um, incoming Big 12 teams. So we have a couple of, of those games on the schedule. So Navy is going to UH, uh, University of Houston, and they are a 20-point favorite. I Navy's not a good football team, um, but I, I also am questioning University of Houston as well. So I think Houston will win, but the uh, I don't think they'll cover the 20-point spread in that game. Reasonable take there. I do refuse to pick this one game, though, because I believe Houston should not be in the Big 12. Okay. So I am shunning one pick. I will make any other pick. I respect our future Big 12 brethren in Cincinnati, BYU, UCF, but I do not respect Houston the Big 12. I refuse to pick their games until I'm forced to pick a Houston game. All right, that is absolutely fair. And on that note, we'll move on to the BYU game where they play a bad USF team, and they are favored by 23. And FBI has them a 93% chance of winning that game, and I think they will easily cover the 23 points against uh, South Florida. Yeah, if I had to do a lock of the week, which means fade of the week for others, <laughs> I would take BYU. Uh, USF not getting into the Big 12, I think, just has to be so sad for you. And knowing that a Big 12 team, I recognize BYU is in the Big 12 right now, even though they're not playing in the league. Uh, yeah. I think BYU wins handily. Yeah, absolutely. BYU, opposite of UH, they absolutely were my first choice for, to welcome into the Big 12. And they've proven this year they played three Power 5 teams. They've beaten three Power 5 teams. They look very much a Power 5 program, even though they're not technically in a Power 5 um, yet, although they are on their way. Um, when, before we jump into the Iowa State-Baylor game, I do want to say I really, really hate Iowa State, and for no rational reason. They're not a uh, historical rival, but I think, I guess recently, their, their fans, especially online, are just so vitriolic with no skins on the wall to be as full of piss and vinegar as they are. And I really want Baylor to beat them. So I have, I have picked them to win by 10 points, 27 to 17, covering the seven-point spread in Iowa's favor this week. What do you think about the game? So you're taking Baylor 27-17? Yes. I like that pick a lot. Um, I know some people from Iowa State now, so my animosity – would seem like, okay, I don't have as much animosity. Wrong. I still feel the same way you feel. Uh, I don't know. Ames, Iowa is not a very good town. They've never won really at any level that matters in football or basketball. Great. Yeah. The COVID season uh, 
where nobody could install their schemes. You won some football games. They didn't win any big 12 basketball games last year, if I'm not mistaken. So why are they, you know, so crazy like this? They all go wild for the big 12 tournament. They win it every other year. It seems like and they get bounced in the first or second round of the NCAA tournament. And we had to hear all off season about Brock Purdy, this Brock Purdy, that the man gets benched against his rival. Uh, I'm not buying into it. Once you, they freaked out about the tent thing. I was just like, what kind of people are these? If yeah. the tent is so central to your culture, you'd think you'd have your own tents. Um, but I don't understand why the tent would even matter to your culture. Uh, give me Baylor. I'm taking Baylor in a low-scoring, ugly game where no one feels like they've dominated it. Uh, give me Baylor 2013. I like it. And Joe had Baylor outright 31-17. So he thinks they're going to win by like two touchdowns. Joe's very – he also has a lot of uh, Iowa State friends and – He's been uh, vocal on Twitter um, with his uh, cyclone hate this week, so, and I am, I'm here for it. Um, well, Kendall, that's all. I mean, that's covered, pretty much covered everything I want to talk about today. I want to thank you for jumping on the short notice. Um, tell people where they can find you, maybe even plug your book. I know that's still out there and available. Heck yeah. Uh, so rdailybears.com on Twitter, which is K-E-N-D-A-L-L-K-A-U-T, and then how they drew it up. Uh, by me, forward by Scott Drew. I think they still got some copies of the Baylor bookstore. Uh, we got it on Amazon. We got it on Triumph Books. If you like Baylor, if you like basketball, um, if you like a collection of gentlemen from different racial backgrounds to show that anything's possible in America, what a story, what a book, what a journey. Absolutely. And while you're here, and I know you're um, you're the basketball, kind of that's your your wheelhouse. Oh, yeah, for sure. What do you think about the, the recent um, commit that Baylor received last night? Yeah, seems to have a really, really high ceiling. Uh, there's not a ton of tape on, of him out there because he played um, NBA Australia. I think the explosiveness he has as a dunker fits kind of that framework of vertical spacing where you can go up, throw a lob up at 12 feet, dunk on people. That's what did in Illinois in the tournament. That's how Baylor eviscerated Illinois in the regular season, destroyed Wisconsin. So that kind of style will still play. Plays a little bit like Jonathan Chamochachua, a little bit bigger. His explosiveness will remind people that are a little bit older of Julian Wright, I think in the big 12, probably not as fluid of an athlete yet still developing, but I think when you get to year two or three at Baylor, that's a guy you really believe if you just throw it up, he's going to dunk on people's souls. Good stuff. Again, thanks Kendall for jumping on, man. Heck yeah. Thank you. All right. Have a good night. Yep. See you fam. I want to thank Kendall Cout for being on the podcast. And jumping on on short notice, uh, and as always, we want to wish Joe a quick recovery, getting over his illness that is uh, keeping him home. But I wanted to talk a little bit more about Iowa State. Iowa State is a program, like I said in the podcast, I have no real reason to hate, um, no real rational reason. They're not a historical rival like Texas or TCU or Texas Tech. Uh, there's really no regional ties. We are um, two states that really aren't n- anywhere near each other, Iowa and Texas. However, I have a deep hatred for the Iowa State Cyclones in pretty much every sport. They are just a loud, obnoxious bunch online. And I've never been around another more obnoxious set in person than I have been around fans at a sporting event where Iowa State is involved. They are this way, and yet they haven't really won anything of consequence to justify their 
outlook, basically. They've never won anything, really, as Kendall spoke to in basketball. They have won the conference tournament a few times and quickly been dispatched in the NCAA tournament. They have never won 10 games in a football season, ever. I'm going to repeat that. They have never won 10 games in a football season in their history. So since the founding of Iowa State football in 1892, they have had no 10-win seasons. In fact, they didn't win a bowl game until the year 2000. So it took them 108 years to win a bowl game in football. So many things happened between 1892 and the year 2000 that it's really too much to really uh, number. If you want to look at just a few, you can go out to my boy Joe's Twitter. That's the underscore Joe underscore Goodman. And you can find many things of interest that happened between 1892 and the year 2000 that would be beneficial for you. But I digress. The point of the matter is Iowa State sucks. And I say this with all due respect Fuck Iowa State. And I'm going to close in this as saying that Greg Roberts was right for slapping David Montgomery upside his head. And if he didn't have a helmet on, he would have knocked his ass out. So, we will see you next time to cheer on another Baylor victory over Iowa State. And as always, sick and bears. Podcast Network.